Amy Ingerbretson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. In this podcast, we are sitting down with world-class athletes and industry legends. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there are no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are stripping off the layers and getting to know the skiers and riders underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear. Winter vacation is calling. The Icon Pass unlocks powder playdates, breathtaking views, and unique mountain adventures across the world. It's not too late to have the ultimate winter vacation. Drop in now. Last chance to buy is December 12th. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Long Underwear. I'm your host, Amy. And today on the podcast, I have the queen of Corbett's, Kate Zeliff. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, welcome. Have you been on a podcast before? No, I've been on a weird radio show, but okay. that doesn't count. It doesn't count. First so podcast. Your first podcast. Yes. Podcast cherry popping mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so I'm just going to jump into it. You're from, you, well, you're not from Jackson. You live in Jackson now, and you are a two-time queen of Corbett's. True. What does that mean? Just for the listeners that maybe aren't familiar with the queen and so, king of Corbett's. So, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort put on um, a whole new competition where they handpicked athletes to jump into Corbett's however they want, and then it's a peer-judged event, and I was lucky enough to win two years in a row. That's awesome. It's very cool. That's very cool. Corbett's is tough. Corbett's is super scary. Blind takeoff, rocks on either side, but... It's not... It's a flat transition, too. Like, Mm. it's not a good landing, I don't think. It's not ideal, but... You got plenty of run out, so. How'd you do it? What's your, like, advice for skiing Corbett? I feel like everybody that comes to Jackson wants to ski Corbett's. Like, they have to, you know, no matter the conditions. Of course. So what's your Corbett skiing advice? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Because there's, like, this whole community that, like, hangs up there and talks about it and gets all scared. And the longer you hang out, the, the worse it gets. That's true. I feel that for sure. Like, I hate when people are, like, hesitating on top. Even, like, cliffs jumping into water, nope. and they're like, oh, it just gets oh my worse. God, just do it. Yeah, it's never going to get less scary, so. <laughs> just do it. I got it. Cool. Well, um, so this was your very first time filming with Warren Miller this year. You filmed for Timeless here in Jackson Hole, which is where we are right now. Oh, yes, the movie. I thought you, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> You're right. True. You did. It's also new. Yeah, I did. I know it. Um, what was that like? Like, this is your, is this the first ski film you've been in as yeah, well? Yeah, for sure. So, like, what was it like when you got the call? Like, hey, we want you to film with Warren Miller. I called my mom and was like, oh, my God, mom, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really cool. I think um, I had been lucky enough to ski around with Jess McMillan for about a year-ish, and it was always a dream, but I had no idea they were coming to Jackson. So when Eric called me, it was super exciting, but I had no idea. So kind of like one of those childhood moments that's super exciting, and you just call up your mom and freak out for a second. And then, But, but I played it cool in the you gotta meeting. You got to play it cool while I was like, oh, you're on the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think course. I can make that work. Totally into it. Mm, let me check my schedule. Uh, <laughs> no, it, was, it was really, really amazing, something I'll remember forever, probably. Yeah. And how, how did the filming go? Super good. We had... Early conditions were a little iffy. It started pretty dry. And we did like this one day where I hiked up Cody Peak like three or four times to get a drone shot. And I was a little nervous. I was like, oh God. Um, But then it turned on and our crew was really great with Cam and Forrest who are locals and good friends. And then Rob Delorier and his whole clan. So it was awesome. We got a ton of snow and then it went blue. So we lucked out. And you're pretty new to Jackson, right? Relatively, yeah, like five years, but only winter time. Okay. Still figuring it out. I feel like this was the first year that I had a grasp on what to do. 
Yeah, well, it's kind of a luxury to get to film here just because Jackson is so well set up for filming just in terms of the terrain and the accessibility. But then also, like, hopefully you got to ski some lines you had skied before. Definitely some lines I had skied before, but also some lines that I've looked at for a long time. And having Forrest, who's been here his whole life, was so cool. And Rob and Jess and all these, like, masters of this area that kind of could talk me through things was, was yeah. ideal. Because kind of like always want to ski things, but it has to set up right, so. Right, it was and it's perfect. nice when you have the crew and support system. Totally, very comfortable. Everyone was like, with it being my first time in front of a camera, everyone was understanding and helpful and walked me through it, never got too nervous. I was most nervous during like interview stuff. That's hard. That was the, that was the hardest part for sure. If you're not used to being in front of a camera, that part's hard. No. Yeah. Like the, like the high five stoke shots. Oh, that yeah. That was the hardest for it's me. It's more acting than people realize. No doubt. Yeah, I'm we gotta act. It. Yeah, it's, it's athletes, more, it's hard I'm to more act. than just a skier. Yeah, you're an actress now. <laughs> I'm now an actress, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I think with interviews, I always just try to think about, like, pretending the camera's a person or talking to the camera person yeah. and just ignoring the camera as much as possible. I, like, look directly into it. Which is... But then when you have to do, like, the stoke shots, you just gotta remember, you gotta give people what they want. Yeah, give you them what they want. You gotta get the stoke shots. Totally. We love the stoke shots. You gotta sell it, for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Well, um, I am really excited to see the segment, and I'm really excited to have you part of the Warren Miller family. And I think it's just cool mm-hmm. every time a new athlete gets added in. I go back to you know when I got the first call to film the Warren Miller because totally. that was a huge goal of mine. And then just having more and more women on the fold, love that. So, excuse me, Mr. Warren Miller people, can you please send Kate and I on a trip next year? What? Okay, that's an official request. <laughs> All right. So on this podcast, we're not supposed to talk about skiing. So how do you feel about not talking about skiing anymore? I feel good about it. Feel good about it? Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, it's the S word. We can't say it. S word out the window. Got okay. it. Bye, S word. Later, S word. Okay. So I want to know. So you grew up in New Hampshire and then moved out west, which mm-hmm. is like a thing that seems like everybody from the east coast that I know does. Yeah. And so I want to know about your migration from the east to the west, sure. but more from like a cultural town and community standpoint less than about the s word because i know that you grew up racing and all that stuff and that's a huge Mm -hmm. part of you are but there'll be other podcasts you'll be on and you'll talk all about that so i want to know about the more the cultural community element of it for sure um i was raised by uh two people that were like pretty free-spirited and had spent time out west talked super highly of it and always felt like maybe i wasn't that like East Coast, hard charger, I'm going to find myself in Boston someday. And it really was a no-brainer. I was going to school in the East and was studying business, and it wasn't really fulfilling me. I was definitely, I can't say bored, but I just wasn't fired up about what I was doing and found that that was creeping into my happiness. And so I decided to leave school and come out West. And I didn't know where I wanted to go, so I took four months to drive around and live out of my car, which was amazing at 20, just to find myself and go to the Grand Canyon and go to Moab and all these places that like whether it was Instagram or like outdoor magazines I got to read about my whole childhood and and I kind of once you hit the Denver line everything just to me I could breathe like wider skies and everyone was more laid back there was less of a a rush um so it was really just the draw of all those things that like the wild west offers and wherever I got that idea that was definitely what made me come out this way. That's cool. I love that. I definitely, I had the experience of moving east to go to college, not all the way. I went to college in Chicago. Okay. And I spent some time on the east coast as well. And it it was really interesting. I think when you're from the west coast, you don't understand why you have this like stigma of the wild, wild west. But then when you go to other parts of the country, the cultural differences are amazing. Absolutely. Um, 
like it's it's really noticeable and so I always like I just I guess I understand why people move west but I always like hearing about it from that perspective and I think I appreciate it more because I'm from the east so maybe if I grew up on the west I wouldn't appreciate it but I don't sorry mom see myself going east anytime soon so (laughs) I like it out here yeah okay but what do you miss maybe about the east coast the foliage I really like that um I don't know. Jackson's a pretty small town. I kind of get what I need from here. I would say the smaller communities, like apple picking. It's the fall, maybe. I miss yeah. around this time. I start to think about those things. I have a little sister who's 13, so her and my mom and, like, friends from home. But unfortunately, like, Instagram and email and Facebook and all those things make it pretty easy to connect. And yeah, I drag my sister and my mom out here once in a while and nice. try to scare them through the activities I enjoy. So That's nice. I, don't, I, I mean, appreciate that. I miss Mount Washington. Mount Washington's cool. But yeah. I've never been back east for peeping season. The I fall wanna, peepers. I want to go do some peeping. Leaf peepers. It's really, it's really peeping. beautiful. Oh, yeah. and maple syrup. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't miss it because I buy it out here. I miss like friends that tap it and they give and, it to like, me because that it. stuff is expensive. It's true. And it seems like such a silly thing. It's like the one thing I'm really a diva about. I like don't do Aunt Jemima. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can be a diva about syrup. Thank you. That's Thank warranted. You. That's like not, that's a divaness like. You gotta respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I like. Yeah, that's good. Aunt Jemima's not good for you either. No, I picked those corn syrup. One time I dropped a Costco size Aunt Jemima on oh. my garage floor. This is back, I was in high school, and it was the what a nightmare. worst thing ever to spill. Did you like scoop it up? It, I don't, it, we had to get like kitty litter, and it was like oh, yeah. a multi day, it was awful. Wow. So here's the thing don't eat it, don't, don't drop it. No, don't. <laughs> Definitely don't drop it. Okay, um, you have a motto that I have heard before. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And I want to know about it not from, I think you have this motto and it applies to the S word, but it's Mm H-I-W-O, high-wo maybe? Do we say it as when it's like verbos doing, calling itself verbos with V-R-U? So H-I-W-O, what does it stand for and how does that apply to your life not on snow? For sure, it definitely does. Um, Stands for hold it wide open. Um, And it's a term that, I learned through a family friend who was a motorcycle rider, and my mom dated a motorcycle racer, so I started racing motorcycles. Oh, okay. I was in third grade. It was a little Honda 50. It was super cute. It That's didn't insane. last long. Um, but basically, the concept is just like hold it wide open as a motorcycle term, as if you could picture the throttle being held wide open. Um, and I just try to like circle back to that. I know that this is pretty cliche, but you have one life, and it's super short, and you may as well hold it wide open the whole time. Like Pretty it. simple. Hold it wide open. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we should try to make high-wo happen. High-wo. I'm into it. Okay. That's cool. fine. High-wo, yeah, yeah. people. High-wo. High-wo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kate, do you have a spirit animal? People ask me this all the time, and I don't. But It's funny. I don't really either. I don't think I do. The llamas or, like, alpacas have been in my life a lot lately. Oh, I love llamas. Like, and not in any way. Like, I haven't been buying them, but people have been, like, giving me gifts with llamas on them or, like... I don't know, just random thing. It, it, llamas uh, might be trying to tell you something. Yeah, alpacas are really cute. They're kind of nasty though, right? Don't they? All spit? llamas are pretty nasty. I think alpacas so are alpaca. less nasty, but I think it's they're kind of cool. I did this really weird paddleboarding trip a long time ago where we used paddle llamas to carry our stuff and like access the That's narrows off cool. the Powell River, and then we like loaded up our paddleboards and paddle camped for five days. Whoa! Paddled five hundred miles and met back up with the llamas. Okay. And so I spent like two big days with some llamas. What's your takeaway? My takeaway was I was obsessed with llamas after hanging out with them. Perfect. But I think what's cool and what you could take away from maybe the llamas in your life, like yeah. 
they don't give two shits. Nor do I. Exactly. And that's okay. something that, like, I think is kind of cool. Like, they're on their own program. Mm-hmm. They are very sturdy, sustainable animals. They can okay. do anything. Perfect. But, like, it's not, they're not going to, like, listen to yeah. you. They're okay. not going to listen to anyone else. And, and they will else. spit. They can be nice. I got a really great selfie with a llama once. Oh. It's like, we're, like, two sorority girls, you know? <laughs> okay. But, um, so, like, they can be cool. Okay, I'm going to try it on. Can I just try on the okay, llama? Okay, try out the llama for your... I'll come back to that. Okay. Because I, I can't, like, like say that that's my spirit animal. I'm not quite sure. I, I hear you. I just seems. So I've been trying on horse as my spirit okay. animal. And horses are really cool. It's I love horses as part of it. But part of it is they love to toss all their hair in the wind. Ooh. Yeah. And they have, like, big, strong butts. True. And um, They're like, they can, can be very graceful. Too. They're like, very emotionally intelligent, yeah. which maybe that part I need to work on a little bit if I want. <laughs> all right, all right. But the hair tossing in the wind, I've got, got that. that. So cool. start there. Horse, got it. Llama. Llama. Potentially. Like llama. We can't get too connected. Llama. Too attached. I know. They make cute stuffed animals, too. Well, just saying. Um, what would you say is your most irrational fear? So, like, you can't be, you can't tell me snakes or dying in an avalanche. Like, you can't say those things. Oh, I know. That's easy. Irrational fear. Well, I don't know if it's irrational. Tell me if this is irrational. Okay, tell me. One of, like, my biggest fears is burning my tongue on my coffee. Is that, like, not irrational because no, it that's actually perfect. hurts? That's perfect. Well, it, it is rational because it really hurts, but it's irrational because you should be able to figure out how to avoid that by now. It's, like, some of the biggest stress and anxiety in my life. Yeah. And I love hot coffee. So it's, like, this, oh, like, fine balance. Oh, that doesn't match well. No. I think you should learn to maybe, like, lukewarm coffee. Lukewarm. Yeah. I guess that would be that. It's so funny. I was actually thinking about that today. About lukewarm coffee? About my weird fear of hot coffee. <laughs> I do. It's very frustrating when you're like, I don't know how hot it's going to be, but I want to drink it. And you go so, 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 so slow. And then you get hit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's rational and irrational. I like it. Past that, like, I don't have any weird fear. I'm still a little afraid of the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just moved into this new house and there was a beeping of a watch on the hour, like one of my first nights in it. And I don't wear a watch. So I was convinced that someone was under my bed, you know? The boogeyman was there. And he was Maybe. wearing a beeping watch. A Rolex. Did you ever figure out where the watch was? No. I have no idea where it is. It's almost like a fun game now. Is it beep still? Yeah. That you haven't... Yeah, I think you got to figure that out. How long have you lived in this place? Mm, like a month. Month and a half. I'm, Should I figure it out? You've got to figure okay, that out. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll give you a call and I'll let you know where the watch is and if I'm a llama or not. Just let me know if it's on a man under your bed too. Yeah, I mean, I think that part's rolled out. Yeah. I hope, but who knows? I still, sometimes in the middle of the night feel the urge and need to jump off my bed just in case there might be a snake under there. You're not a snake person? Hate snakes. Me too. Saw a gardener snake on a hike the other day and I did like a cartoon like hands up, knees up and ooh, I made yeah. this different kind of scream I've never made it's before. It's got to roll. Anyway, so sometimes I think that there might be a snake on my bed so I kind of like leap off my bed in the middle of the That's fair. I hate snakes. We were talking about snakes today at work. Yeah. Big boas that ate a bunch of chickens. So I listened to another podcast <clears throat> that talked about fear of snakes, and apparently it's actually because the way they move 100%. is— 100%. Um, like, the physics of it mathematically don't work in, like, our series of physics and mathematics mm-hmm. that we understand in our brains. And so, like, that's why a lot of humans actually are afraid of snakes. So Like, in a very natural way. It's just wrong. How they move is just weird. It's wrong, yeah. yeah. So, huh. But that's like, duh. Everybody's afraid of snakes or spiders, you know? Some people are into them. I know. I'm not one of those people. Mm-mm. Like, could you imagine having one as a pet? Absolutely not, because they be, always yeah. get out. Everybody mm-hmm. that owns a snake has a story of it getting out of its cage. Totally. And then it, like, lives in the back of the couch for, like, three months because you can't find it. And I'm, no. Do you want to hear a gnarly story that I heard secondhand about a snake? <sighs> no, but yes. 
<laughs> okay, I'll make it quick. No, I want to hear it. I just know it's, it's gonna gross, gross me out. <laughs> so it's, it's a friend of a friend. I'm pretty sure it's real. Who knows? But this woman had a snake and it was like not eating and acting super weird. And she's like, oh no, it's sick. So she brought it into bed with her. And then it was like no. laying weirdly like along her, like right next to her body night after night. She's like, this is so weird. So she took it to the vet and the vet said that it was sizing her up to eat her. And that's why it was laying next to her, was measuring out her body. Do you think it's real? The, uh, that is horrifying. I don't know. First of all, I would never take a snake yeah. into my bed. But people like snakes. See, she oh, likes snakes. Oh my God. That's just, it makes me like a little sick to my stomach thinking of a snake laying next to me in bed. I know. That's the worst. Oh man. So, but it never ate her. Never right? ate her. Okay, but cool. he was like, you need to get rid of this snake. Oh man. That's a bad, that's a good story. It's gross. But it's gross. It's gross. Thank sure. you. Thank yeah. you for that. That, was, that, was, nightmares. that was nice. Um, okay. So I've, I've asked this question to a lot of men that have been on this show, but Never a woman. Okay. Can you please describe your perfect date? Ooh, that is heavy. <laughs> I just started dating again, so I just got all all shy. Oh, yeah. Um, you did kind of flush a little. I totally did. <laughs> all right, boys, listen up. So, God, I don't know. Something low pressure, because I get, like, really, like, anxious and nervous. Like, the butterflies are real. So, something outside where it's not, like, completely direct like contact the whole time I I like sushi though maybe like <laughs> oh god shoot you're killing me no you got some I would you say know. I would say like in the winter time like maybe go for a tour and then go to happy hour at King Sushi or somewhere else if we're not in Jackson and then probably go dancing I like to dance. That sounds like a great sounds date. like a great day I would go on that date yeah you want to go on a date yeah swing dancing yeah okay deal I just had Rob on the podcast, and we just talked a lot uh -huh. about swing dancing. That's so why if you guys want to talk about or hear about talking about swing dancing, you got to go listen to Rob's episode. Mm -hmm. He's a great dancer. I yeah. dance with him. Well, I'll take you dancing okay. and sushi. I like happy hour sushi, too, because it's then it's, cheap. like, easier to afford sushi. And I basically never eat sushi not at happy hour. You can't fill up, really. Or you can, but then you, like, break the bank. Yeah. Do you like sake? Yeah. Okay, cool. But I like cold sake. Me, too. Okay, cool. Yeah, hot sake? Eh. I think we're kind of compatible. Yeah, I think so, too. Cool. What's your sign? Um, Aquarius? I'm an Aries and I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. I don't know enough to know. I know that actually my personality type doesn't really fit in with Aquarius because they're supposed to be like these mellow, laid back, like go with the flow. That's no. not really me. Maybe you're on the cusp. <laughs> something. something. I don't know. I have something rising or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> The whole world. Yeah. Well, not not well versed in that world, but um nice. Well, I hopefully the gentlemen of Jackson. Yeah. Pay attention, boys. Thank and you. Come come ask you and tell uh -huh. Yep, I got it. Um, okay, so every podcast we play the game Two Highs and a Low. Oh. And I want to know two highs and one low of the last year of your life, but it can't have anything to do with the S word. So, like, a high couldn't be getting the call from Warren Miller. Right, right. Even though, like, obviously I assume that was probably a high, but I want to know the oh other highs. Oh, my God. And the lows. Okay. Just one low. Just one low. Yeah. Okay. Highs would include going to South America. Can it be that? As long as it, maybe there's a part of the South America trip that didn't have to do with the S word. Let me think, let me think, let me think. You're with a pretty cool crew down there, though. That was though. a great crew. Highs. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard. When it doesn't have to do with the S word. Totally. But even if just small things in your personal life. Yeah, totally. Um, I've been able to connect with, like, a really cool group of women here over the past year. Here like, in Jackson. Here in Jackson. Yeah. Um, made really amazing friends. 
that are lifers, like totally randomly, and they don't even S-word, some of them. No way. Way. You have non-S-word friends? I have non-S-word friends. I have non-S-word friends, too. It's nice. I like it. Um, and just going on, like, different adventures with them. I went caving for the first time last caving? week. Caving? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It was super cool. We went over to Idaho, and we brought, like, crampons and ice axes in just a couple weeks, a week ago. And we walked up to this ice cave, and you go inside, and the temperature just drops. And it's, like, all crystally because it's all frozen. Is it a year-round ice cave? It is. Unfortunately, it's kind of receded a little bit. So we put yeah. on our crampons, and it was not super icy, and the water was so cold. Oh. Um, but you just, like, cramp on down and, like, use an ice axe and just go exploring. Because we got our feet so cold, we turned around quicker than not. But right. there's this whole crystal room, and it just, like, sparkles. And wow. Doing things like that, new adventures would be a high. Um, this is only my second summer here, so... Summer in Jackson has been cool. Does that work as a high? Totally. Okay. Totally. Um, what are you? I mean, you have flies in your hat. You've been fishing. I haven't fly fishing. I actually can't get these out. Yeah, that's. I've done that. I've put flies in my hat to look cool, and then I'm like, I okay, didn't even I do it to look cool. I just was fishing, and I know that people do that, and I didn't have a box, and now they're stuck in there, and I feel yeah. like I'm doing. Even if you like pin the barbs down really far, like they still don't really come out. And now I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I bought a truck, so oh. I didn't have a car for five years, and then I bought Whoa. a truck. So that independence is really nice, and I built a bed in it. So it's like this mobile home of mine. So that would probably be a high. Yeah. Um, That's good. Have there been any lows? Yeah. Um, I recently broke up with a five-year relationship. That was super hard, but super stoked that I had that. Nick Shaw, you're the man. (laughs) Um, But just like growing in that way, like turning 25 and feeling like, Life's getting a little more serious and having, like, shifts like that. But that would yeah. definitely be the low. Yeah, that's hard. It's tough. Breakups are hard. Yep. Five years is a long time. It's a long time. But you always learn. Like, never regret that stuff. So. Yeah. And there's so much to learn, like, I feel like through every age. And then learning, like, through all those, like, things like breakups and lost jobs, new jobs, new things. It's it's always – it's good. Yeah. Those things are important. Yeah. Stagnant is scary. Absolutely. Um, before we started recording, you said you have jokes. I want to hear one joke right now. Quick. Oh, God. Why does the golfer wear two pairs of pants? Why does the golfer wear two pairs yeah. of pants? I don't know why. In case it gets a hole in one. <clears throat> that was good. I that like that one. That was the first one that came to mind. I'm sorry. I really, I really like don't it. have that many jokes. But that was good. I like those kind of jokes. Yeah, they're, they're like, quick and easy. And They're, like, not even good enough to be considered dad jokes. No, they're, like, uh-uh. uncle jokes. That sounds creepy. Okay, you're right. <laughs> He's a good um, uncle. Did you come with a story? I did. Okay, tell me your story. Um, I thought a long time about this one, and I feel like most of my stories definitely include S-word, or they're, like, pretty Close inappropriate, or, like... I like inappropriate stories, too. I don't feel comfortable. That's good. That's um, good. But I got... I'll take you on a date first. Next okay, time. yes. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. It's sushi. Um... I got Craigslist, Craigslist scammed pretty good. No. Two years ago. It was like kind of a Craigslist scam. But so Nick, my ex and I were moving to somewhere totally random. And we decided we were going to move to South Carolina because we never had lived in the South. And I don't really know why. He was a golf caddy and I could be a beverage cart girl, which I just thought would be a blast. That and used so, to be my dream career. Oh, it is my dream career. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's so fun. Maybe, like, retirement dream career. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so we moved down to South Carolina, and it was I was all over Craigslist trying to find a home because most of the living situations down there are, like, condominiums or apartments or, like, I don't know. I wanted something unique. 
And so I found this boat on Craigslist that you could rent for a month. Like it was maybe a three-month rental. And it was this beautiful 1942, 1962? Was it in, it was in the water. It was in the water. It was in like a harbor. Yep, exactly. Which is a whole nother scenario. But 1962, 42-foot Hatteras. So like a beautiful boat. And the photos, it was like pristine, like hardwood floors and just like the outside was beautiful and it, it was like a dream come true. It was a little pricey, but it looked like so worth it. So I got pretty excited, started talking to this guy, Billy. So Billy and Billy. I are chatting. He's like so nice. He's so excited that Nick and I are coming down from like, like, you know, that Southern hospitality. Are you chatting, like type chatting or talking? We talk on the phone you a little bit. Phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long story short, Nick and I drive across the country like days and we show up to this harbor in South Carolina. And I text the guy and I'm like, hey, Billy, like, what's up? He's like, oh, the boat's not ready. Can you come back in like three hours? And we have like everything we own in Nick's Tundra. So it was, we were ready to get out of the car. Kind of thought it was a little fishy. Didn't think anything of it. Benefit of the doubt. Went and grabbed a beer, came back. And he's like, it's still not ready. I'm like, okay, at this point I need to see it because I'm getting worried. So we walk up and this thing is thrashed. Like had gone through two hurricanes, like, just looked like it had been at the bottom of the sea. It may actually have been at the bottom of this river. Go inside and the place is like kind of ripped up. The floors are nice, but like mold and just like pretty gnarly. And so kind of just, we don't have anywhere else to go though. So gonna make it work. So many of these situations I've been in, I like look back and I don't understand why I'm so understanding or like why I even went forward with it. But it's like, this is crazy, Billy. Like we need to have a conversation. We need to... (laughs) get this set up, like at least drop the rent. He's like, how about this? Like you guys do work on the boat. I know it's not perfect. I ran out of time. I'll drop the rent a little bit. So the first night we're in there and it's pouring and the whole thing is just like leaking, like crazy leaking. And we can't, it's hot down there. It's humid. doesn't really have air conditioning. It got down to like 79 some nights, like with air conditioning. We had one burner on the stove that you didn't even want to use. Where we were supposed to sleep was like two twin beds, which is like fine. But so we slept on this like pull-out couch thing that was like totally broken. We had one channel, so I watched Jerry Springer. That was like the one thing you could watch. I got super into it, to be completely I've honest. I've never seen you. Jerry Springer. I don't. I'm not gonna say it's intelligent or it's like worth your time, but if you're really bored, Do it's it. super. Under- it's kind of sad, but it makes you like grateful for where you're at. <laughs> sure. You know? Even sure. in that boat, I kind of use it as a gauge if I'm okay. Um, so the first night we're in there, it's just like pouring, pouring. And I'm running around with solo cups, taping solo cups, because it's leaking like a crazy person. And I kid you not, all at once, they just drop at the same time, and there's water everywhere. And we're living in there for a little bit, and it's like starting to get cockroachy, starting to freak out a little bit. Then the toilet breaks, so I pee in a, I have to pee in a solo cup. Two and a half months, I pee in a solo cup. Not a diva. Might be a diva about syrup. Peeing, yeah. 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 And zero diva zero status. Diva. We like, weren't cooking because it was so hot, so I like went and got like a smooth, like a blender so I could make smoothies smoothies and like take care of myself. I only made frozen margaritas with it. Like (laughs) I just like drank my way through the summer. You have to. You have to. And wait, how long did you deal with this? Three months. All right, you were officially not a diva. Thank you. (laughs) Nick, did you hear that? Um, But also the thing about living in a yacht club is what they call it, not a yacht club, is liverboards, people that live on their boat, it's either their last ditch effort like they're running from the law it's a little cheaper to have a boat like it's like a pretty gnarly crew and I like don't mean this in any way but it's like kind of like a 
trailer park on the on the water, sure. realistically. Okay. And or it's their first choice, well, and they're like beautiful yachts in South Carolina. Where it was. Yeah. yeah. So we were de dealing with the craziest people that would like get super drunk and then like walk on our boat and want to hang out. And it was just like the most wild experience ever. We did have like beautiful sunrises and this like 180 degree view. And there was like a baby dolphin and its mom that hung out and we could fish off the deck and cook the fish. So there was like a lot of positives, but I think that is like the furthest from skiing, most bizarre experience I had. And Billy and I, the funniest part was Billy said that he was gonna use the money to go on some trip. He ended up moving into the boat next to us. So Crazy Billy, who was in a Christian rock band and was just a total schmoozer, turned into our neighbor. And basically I had to just be like, Billy, we can't do this. And we took off a month early. Oh my God. Okay, Billy. Billy. Not not keen on Billy. I'm, I'm not a huge say, Billy fan either. I'm not a big Billy fan. No. I cannot believe you put up with it for that long. I know. That's amazing. I know. You must have this like attitude of like in your life experience, especially when it comes to living situations, which can be gnarly or trip situations. You never know how it's going to be like you faced the worst. Yeah. And so it's only up from here. And, like, in the big scheme of things, I was living on a boat in a harbor. I mean, the baby dolphin is yeah. a huge, like... It's pretty cute. Oh, and catching that. fish. It was it was all good, but I hate cockroaches. Maybe... No, not more than snakes, but yeah. they're gross. They are gross. And snakes they don't gross, die. Right? We made tamales in there, though, with one burner. That was a highlight. Oh, I thought there was going to be cockroaches involved in no, the no, tamales. No, 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 I was like, oh, God, oh, God. I'm just, like, really on this tamale thing right now. I've been making tons of tamales. Do you like tamales? I like tamales. My boyfriend, Todd, likes tamales a lot more than I do, and I've seen this on your Instagram. Yeah. So maybe, like, what, do you, what are your, like, three tamale tricks? I, I need to learn this. I need to say, I've never made a tamale. Um, but, like, what are the things if I go in with a recipe that I need to know? One, two, time, three. Time. Margaritas. Margaritas. And a good tamale playlist. I'll share it with you. Do you have a good tamale playlist on Spotify that you, is public? Uh, my friend does. I'll give it to you. Okay. Yeah, one's, one of the songs is epic, and we kind of just listen to that on repeat. But Give me a genre of music that you need to make tamales. Like, what kind of music? It's like, um, like we were talking about salsa dancing. Yeah. Whatever genre that is. You need that, like, Okay, you know? I like that music. Yeah, yeah. I call it, like, the pop version of that is, like, I call it Despacito music. Perfect. That's and exactly I, what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved, mm -hmm. I have a good Despacito music Boom, you're in. playlist. It's super fun. It's just, like, really time-consuming. <laughs> okay. Like give yourself more time than you think. Next time we hang out, we're going to go on a sushi yes. date, and then we're going to have a tamale. Into it. Perfect. Like it. Yeah, that would be the second date. Second date, tamales. Or just making something. That's always good. Making food is good. Yeah. It's like, good. yeah. I feel like when you're out to dinner, it's like everyone's looking yeah. You know, maybe they're not, but I think they are. I, it's nice. The the guys that have been on the podcast and have answered the perfect date question have led with, like, some form of outdoor date. Breaks you know? the ice. And so it's good that, like, it seems like everybody's on the same page. Yeah. I think sometimes it's pretty nerve-wracking to just, like, sit across from someone. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That sounds horrible. It sounds like really good uh, sweat. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I guess that's it. That's our podcast. We talked through our time. It Perfect. just happens. Um, Kate, people want to stay in touch with you, follow you, and see your tamale making parties. Mm -hmm. Where can they do this? You can follow me on Instagram. It's just my name. C-A-I-T-E underscore Z-E-L-I-F-F -F, as in Frank. Oh, God, you have a great radio voice. That was awesome. Practicing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You, you take over the podcast. No, no, no. That's all you. <laughs> Um, and we will see you out on tour this fall at some stops for the Timeless movie presented by Volkswagen. So uh, I think both of us hope to see all you listeners out there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for shredding. Thanks for yeah. winning 
Corbett's and being awesome. My pleasure. That's awesome. And all of you listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find me at Amy Ski, and we will see you next time on the Long Underwear Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Warren Miller Entertainment. Don't miss Timeless, presented by Volkswagen, premiering this fall. Travel the globe with athletes like myself, Amy Ingerbretson, as well as legends like Glenn Plake, Kate Zeliff, Marcus Kasten, Ian Morrison, Baker Boyd, and more. All moviegoers will receive access to discounted lift tickets, gear, and swag. Go to warrenmiller.com for more. Long Underwear was produced by me, Amy Ingerbretson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller Entertainment team. Follow Warren Miller ENT on social media to keep the good times rolling. What's going on, everyone? Hallie O'Brien here, host of the Emmy Award-winning Snow Report show presented by Ski Magazine. If you enjoyed this podcast, then you're going to love the Snow Report. We talk skiing, snowboarding, weather, gear, beer, and every episode is a guaranteed good time. Catch new shows on Tuesdays at SkiMag.com.